Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Boogie Monster with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. We can finally, once and for all, find out what happened with Judas Priest. Whether they broke up by themselves or they were pushed out by outside forces like uh, the government. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the Unknown. I'm still I'm sweating, man. Yeah, what's going on? I, I churched up some ramen. I churched it, uh, churched it straight to hell. <laughs> <laughs> now, is I this, churched uh, it up straight down to hell. <laughs> is this restaurant ramen or or cupboard ramen? No, man. No, just some shit. It's, it's part of my survival package. I bought in early COVID, so now I'm just going through all that stuff. <laughs> but then I had some leftover. Two little. <clears throat> Of the little plastic ramekins of hot sauce from the Thai food, like for a while ago, I'm like, well, I'll just put those in there. Not mm-hmm. thinking about measurements or such. No. And it was the chili oil and the chili paste. Ooh. And uh, I mean, <clears throat> I don't get me wrong; it was still good. But the first few bites, I really, I, I look like uh, like when Uma Thurman does the drugs that were in John Travolta's pocket. <laughs> In Pulp Fiction, you know Pulp Fiction, that movie we've all seen. Yeah, I think so. As a has addressed on an earlier episode. Uh huh. But yeah, <laughs> oh, I had to yeah. push my chair. I had to push my chair away from the table. And be like, oh man, what have we done? Oh jeez. And you like sweating. that? You, you like the spicy stuff. So when it gets to you, it must be very hot. <clears throat> oh, sweating, sweating like I went to the gym. Mm-hmm. I love it, man. My only problem is I love spicy <clears throat> stuff, but I start to hiccup at a certain level, and it just throws everything off. Just yeah, ruin, it'll ruins the party. It'll buck you. Mm-hmm. Do you hiccup or anything, like, or you just sweat? I usually just sweat, not hiccups too much. But uh, yeah, man, it'll it'll it's like trying to ride a bull, man. It'll get you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> well, hell yeah, buddy. But what's what's up with you, buddy? What's going on? Oh, not much. Uh, on that topic, I had some delicious peach cobbler yesterday. So that's Ooh, peach exciting. cobbler seems nice. That's mm-hmm. one of those things I always forget about. Like it's not my go-to dessert. I you know, and I yeah. don't know why. I mean it's it's great, but I just it gets overshadowed by some of the other desserts. But uh, oh yeah. boy, I had some nice uh, blood sows barbecue, <clears throat> which you've you've had uh, there in our takeout region, <clears throat> or takeout zone here, and uh, oh boy, opted for the desserts. 
Got a little key lime pie. Got a little peach cobbler. Oh boy, <clears throat> cobbler. Uh, seem it seems like a dessert of a bygone era. Yes, yes. It's it's kind of a dust bowl dessert. Yeah, cobbler. Uh, yeah, cobbler is like <clears throat> somebody eating cobbler might say something racist, <laughs> like op- openly. Yeah, that's true. It's got a real. Uh, racist grandparents vibe to it you know you know that's that's what i'm saying i'm not saying all not all grandparents mm-hmm. well My. there's some cobbler eating there's some cobbler eating nazis out there man i tell you that's true but yeah man i always forget about the fruit-based desserts only <laughs> like i like apple pie and apple cobbler just fine but it's it's a little overrated but man you get me some peach or some blueberry those are my two Cobbler or pie doesn't matter. Okay. Essentially the same thing, but uh, I always I feel like peach and blueberry just get overlooked. What makes it a cobbler? What what what's cobbled? It's a great question. Um, yeah, what's the difference between a cobbler and a pie? Maybe just the shape, the structure. I don't Can know. Can you cobble other things? It's a great question. Mm-hmm. We got apple cobbler, got peach mm-hmm. cobbler, got blueberry cobbler. I'm sure there's. Strawberry cobbler, cherry cobbler. Can you have a savory cobbler? Ooh. Can you have like a nice onion cobbler? (laughs) Nice shallot cobbler? (laughs) (laughs) That does sound like something you would get in a different country. You know, like, oh, they said uh, (laughs) cobbler, and and they gave it made of onions. That was weird. (laughs) Good. Well, I mean, I'll say Rachel makes this, I mean, it's just called zucchini pie, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, you're using a flaky, like a pie crust. You're mm-hmm. just filling it with zucchini and... Um, like a pot pie. I forget, like ricotta cheese. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's great. It's fantastic. It's yeah, really, really good. good. Kind of like a quiche, maybe? No egg. Yeah, no egg. Yeah, I guess quiche would have the egg. Huh. Savory, co- yeah, savory cobbler. Now you're, we're in the pot pie realm. Because chicken pot pies, Dave's Dave's savory savory cobblers and pot pies. (laughs) I do love a good pot pie. Same, buddy. Ooh, hey, why can't I eat what's holding this soup? What about a smoked pork pot pie? That sounds good. Of course, now you're getting into. I've never had a minced meat pie, and I think that's essentially what that is. It's. It's a meat pie. It's minced. Just yeah, Australia they they're just called hand pies. Mm-hmm. Or they just you get the little pot pies at the end of the night. I talked about that. What if? All right, now. Well, they already have. I mean, they have breakfast croissants. You know, I'm thinking like pastries, but they're just filled mm-hmm. with egg and cheese. They already have those. That yeah. already exists. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we got to break out of this idea. Of what needs to be sweet, what needs to be savory, mm-hmm. and by I think it's a spectrum, buddy. By natural, I think by natural extension of that curiosity, uh, you know, we'd get over transphobia. That's true. In my mind, that it extrapolates up to there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Why can't a cobbler be savory? Well, then any let everything be whatever it wants. Be cool with it. I was thinking about this the other day. Um, Fruity cornbread. What if we did some okay. sort of strawberry and cream cornbread or 
Maybe uh, cranberry is the natural go-to in my head. Okay, maybe a baked pear and honey cornbread. Of course, now we're kind of getting into cobbling realm. If if there's somebody that can do it, it's you, Dave. Mm -hmm. I trust you to. I mean, cornbread consistency is also some people work with, like you know, too dry and what have Mm -hmm. you. Damn, I love a cornbread. Oh yeah. I'm making but butter it. I butter it straight to hell. Ooh, I'm making cornbread Thursday. It's uh, opening day for baseball, and uh, Ryan Singer, and Jeff Tate are coming over. We're gonna have a little Jeff base- Tate's around. Yeah, gonna have a little baseball party, and I'm doing my chili. Hell yeah! And I think I'm gonna do uh, some fried cornbread fritters to go along with that. Oh, my man, you're gonna have a good day over there. Oh yeah, very excited, very excited. So, what's going on with you, buddy? How, how was your weekend? <clears throat> Oh, back from uh, some satellite suburb of Richmond, Virginia, uh-huh. where I played at a shopping mall. <laughs> to some people. <laughs> to some people. Oh, you sound so discouraged. Uh, yeah, man. It's like, oh, Richmond Funny Bone. Cool. Richmond's a great city. And then you get in an Uber, and then you're just driving 40 minutes away from anything that looks like a city. Mm. And you're just uh, you're just there next to a dick sporting goods. <laughs> you're just part of somebody. You're just part of somebody's night. Yeah. We're gonna go. We're gonna we're gonna go to the Apple Store. We're gonna go to Cheesecake Factory, and then maybe we'll see what's at the comedy, the the the, the comedy business yeah. that's here. Let's go see some comedy. What it kind? was fine. <clears throat> it was fine, except for the H. I apologize to anybody. The late show Saturday, it was just it was just a bummer. Like the guy before me, fellow Travis, he's a funny dude, and he, you know, he was doing his best, and there was just the front row was drunk, and then everybody else was kind of indifferent. And I was like, I guess this is one of those nights where I'm just gonna talk to these people. Like it's not gonna be story time. Nobody has the attention span that I can see. Like when when I'm on stage, I get the like. I'm sure these clubs are great and i'm playing it but it's like it just feels sarcastic when you know it's a quarter full and then they start with like the hollywood bowl lights going all over the place Mm. and still doing like the corny intros like it's like we just remodeled like what to like like i'm i'm not a shit talk man but it's like it just they didn't get the memo that it's 2022 mm-hmm. and you can change. Or maybe that's me. Maybe I'm the out-of-towner mm-hmm. and that's what that crowd prefers in a comedy club. Mm-hmm. And it's not for me to say because I'm the one coming from somewhere else being like, it should be like this. What the fuck do I know? Maybe they love it down there. Well, what the fuck you know is you've been doing comedy for over two decades and you might have. <clears throat> well... You might have but some say know, so in what would work. When when the when the previews for the upcoming acts are like, oh, this is the type of town. Mm-hmm. Okay. What okay. kind of what kind well, of corny intro did they have? They didn't play jock jams, did they? It wasn't jock jams, but it's like the lights going all over. You know, like the spotlight things, and it's just. I don't know, man. I just, I, 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 sorry for like, I, I think the shows were still fun, but that late one, I'm like, I'm just going to do crowd work and see how that goes. And it was all right. But then anytime I would try to go to 
any material i just saw people going on their phones or mm. you know it's like fuck man all right so and then somebody later's like yeah we drove three hours to be here i'm sorry don't i'll come to your city please even if i don't respond to your messages i read them when it's like please come here please come there PSC somebody like St. Louis, it's a major city. I will get there. So your scheduling is scheduling. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. I can't be everywhere all the time. Yeah. I will get there. I love doing this for a living, and I will get there when I can get there feasibly. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate you 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 asking. Don't think you're being ignored. Uh but yeah, I was like, oh man, I could have gone into the city of Richmond and done an actual show and it could have mm-hmm. been cool. That's always discouraging when your crowd work does better than your material. <laughs> That's happened to me before. Well, it's just <clears throat> when it's drunks that are like, oh, look at this is in the moment. But then trying to get a s- drunks on a Saturday night to listen to story time and it's just, nope. Not it was not what was happening that mm-hmm. night, and then some tables like we want to hear that. I'm like, well, I the only people I can see in my field of vision are just these bummers in the front row. <clears throat> uh, so it was just it was just not, uh, uh, you know, it's you, you, sometimes you do super cool places, mm-hmm. and sometimes you don't. Well, and maybe maybe your boy needs to get a little bit thicker skin for these <laughs> some of these gigs. That's the weird thing about clubs, one of their many flaws, is you would think that at your level, at your notoriety, that most of the people in attendance would be there to see Kyle Kinane. But at clubs, like most clubs, there's still a decent percentage of folks that are just, oh, we come here once a quarter to, to, to whoever's here. Come, but come that's, to the comedy club. But fine. But that's good, though, Dave. Yeah. that's You want people to continuously see comedy because that's that's how you win over new fans mm-hmm. oh we didn't know this guy we just took a chance and the show was fun if you're a comedian worth your salt you should also be able to do that yeah you know and i, I don't get the people are like well that wasn't funny no you didn't research what you went to see if you walked into a comedy show without knowing anything about it and left and just went well it wasn't for me that's fine i'm yeah. i still i'm glad you took a chance mm-hmm but you can't be like, this was terrible. No, you didn't know how to spend your entertainment dollars wisely. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, it's just, it's just like, okay, I think if I had a fighting chance of a really good show in Richmond, it would have been the city itself, not <clears throat> down the hall from a Claire's boutique and a Dillard's. <laughs> That being said, I'll be at several more Funny Bones the rest of the year, and they are all in the same fucking mall. I'm not even kidding. I looked them up. They're all. It's the same mall everywhere, outside of the city. It's the wealthier person mall. You know, you know, you don't see a Dollar Tree at these malls. Yeah, no ninety nine cent store. No, no, these are the wealthy people malls in a satellite suburb of the city it's named after. Hmm. So fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, oh, I mean, boy. I'll still, I, I, hey, if people show up, I'm still there to do a good job. And, mm-hmm. you know, three out of the four shows this weekend were still fun shows. I still had a good time mm-hmm. doing those shows. But, yeah, this uh, playing the Columbus Funny Bone, guess where the Columbus Funny Bone is? It's in Easton, Ohio. That's not Columbus. <laughs> 
Unless it's oh, a neighborhood boy. of Columbus. I don't know. It looks pretty far out of the city to me. Yeah, it's um, it's a tough decision doing it the way you're doing it. Like I, I we talked about this off air. Like I, I would enjoy what you're doing in terms of just flying in on a Friday and flying home on a Sunday. You know, you go go make your money, do your shows, in and out, boom, boom. But you, with that schedule, you're kind of relegated to clubs. Whereas you could go on a big, extensive tour of cool one nighters, mm. but then you're on the road for two or three weeks. So, what do you do? <clears throat> yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm again. I now I feel bad that I'm <clears throat> shit talking these plays. I'm still playing them, mm-hmm. and they still <clears throat> they're still fun. But I also got bummed out because then there was an airline strike. I guess <laughs> Alaska Airlines had a strike and i got a notice on saturday that my flights for sunday were canceled like we re- rebooked you on these four flights to get home i was like oh hell no man i can't i can't take this hit four on a flights. weekend like this i'm already bumming out really you had I, I mean, three yeah, i mean i manage well that's because they were trying to keep it within their airline but i was like yeah i'm just gonna cancel this like that's fine there's a refund i, I got another flight for the same okay. price Damn. on a different airline but it was just I just I feel bad for the people that make the effort to get to the club from a distance, mm-hmm. and then the show is like I want the show to be the best show that I can put on. I never want to phone it in. Yeah, like I tried something different mm-hmm. Saturday night. I still didn't want it to be bad, mm-hmm. but I was like, let me try. Let me try and exercise this muscle and, and do crowd work. I'm not normally that guy. How did that go? <clears throat> I mean, it was all right. I was having fun, but then after a while, it was just, oh, everybody's just drunk. And then I'm like, well, let me start a story. And then somebody yells some shit or something or mm-hmm. just be half asleep at the table in the front row. I'm like, all right, man, well, it's only so many blue drinks you can get down your gullet before you <laughs> meet the Sandman on a Saturday night. Yeah. And I saw it was a lot of blue drinks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of blue. It was a real blue drink crowd. Man, going yeah, back to the, funny, the corny intros, uh, back when I used to host, when I was first starting, I, I would host. So I'd be the first comic that came out. And I'd always, most of the time, I'd follow some big corny intro, jock jams or fucking light show. Yeah. And it just seems weird because then the host gets out there and it's like, well, this is. This is all I'm going to do. This is, you know, I'm just talking, right? There's no guitars. There's no pyro. There's yeah, no, there's, so ben, Benny the Bull is in Russian on stage throwing out free T-shirts. Yeah, it's like, you know, you got that huge corny intro, and then it's like, all right, I'm just going to talk for ten minutes, and it just—it's a weird juxtaposition. I understand you got to get the crowd enthused, but you also can't be misleading in terms of what they're about to see. There, it's, you know, some places will be like, hey, what song would you like to go on stage to? And I appreciate that. I took a note out of your book of like, all right, I have a playlist that goes out to clubs to be played before the show. Yeah. Some places play it and other places don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not that, I mean, I could have sat there. I mean, I watched the intro and I'm just like, I'm not even going to get on about it. Like, all right, this is how you do it. It's, it's one of these things like these are the clubs. This is how we do things at this club. Mm-hmm. Sounds All like right, man. Out. Yeah. All right. Probably great on other weekends. Oh, man. 
Probably great when like uh, T Bone and the Panther are there. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Well, did you do anything cool in the suburbs of Richmond? Did you go to the food court. I walked around. Yeah. The mall. I bought an Apple Watch. They got me. It happened. I walked around enough. Like I guess I'm sad. I'll buy a thing. You got the Apple Watch, huh? Katie's got one of those. I just want to track my exercise. Mm-hmm. I guess what I could track it without an Apple Watch too. I don't do any. <clears throat> I do. That's that's a joke. <clears throat> but it's nice to like. I want to go to the gym and like have. I, I, I liked when I had a little Fitbit and it would tell me like, "Hey, you did all your steps. Hey, mm-hmm. did, you did this exercise today. Hey, look at all much stuff you did this week." I kind of need that little psychological trickery. Yeah, I don't need it, but it, it helps. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I was like, all right, let me just get, not the one that, like, I can do phone call. I don't need this pure Steve Jobs microchip implant in my life. But Yeah. I did it. That's Yeah, so that's what I did. I, that's what I did. I probably lost money <laughs> by the Apple Watch this weekend. <laughs> a good, there was a good gringo taco place there. It wasn't all bad. I, I Now I feel bad, like, I'm slagging it off. I just was. I just feel bad when people drive a distance. Like, people, yeah, we got a hotel room. Well, fuck, man. Damn. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I, sorry. I feel bad for that. You should get. You should get the best version of what I got to offer. Mm-hmm. And, uh. That Saturday late show, I, I tried a different thing, man. You ever do crowd work, Dave? I know you're not normally a crowd work guy. You ever fuck around with it? Not unless I absolutely have to. I, I yeah. really, I just, I've always despised just the concept of it. In, in your case, like you're talking about, I understand sometimes it's necessary, mm-hmm. like you know, because it's worse to, when your material's not working. You're just mowing through it, like like you're con- yeah. contractually obligated to do these jokes, but. Um, yeah, I, I've just tried to stay away from it, unless I absolutely have to. I mean, sometimes you have to, and I get that. Now, now sometimes I'll host like a local show, and if I'm hosting, I'll, I'll do some crowd work. You know, I, I yeah. like a, a little bit of that up top, just to kind of loosen people up. But man, I've worked with so many headliners where it's like, oh, th- that is your act. That that wasn't Plan B. Plan A is I'm going to uh, yeah talk <clears throat> to the crowd and talk about the news and ask it, who's dating. Like to me, that's just <clears throat> so fucking boring. Who gives a shit who's dating? Who gives a shit where you work? Some, some people are good at it. Ugh. But some people are good at it. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think they're good at it. Yeah. Yeah. But of the people that think they're good at it, only a few of them are good at it. Mm-hmm. Now, I do sometimes try this exercise. I, I like the exercise of how long can I go into my set before I tap into material? Now, yeah. and what I mean by that is, like, how long can I go and get laughs? How long can I be entertaining and funny until I have to get into the act? So I'll try that sometimes in terms of just not crowd work per se, but just, you know, riffing on things or kind of writing on stage or exploring the space and talking about the club or the city or whatever. How much different is that from doing crowd work if the style of crowd work is like, oh, where do you work? And you just get somebody, basically that's improv. Instead of saying, like, give me a suggestion for a job, you ask where somebody works, and then you joke about what the job Mm-hmm. would entail you know that's i think that's the trick of making it good is 
running with whatever the person says. It's not back and forth. It's like, oh, here's, oh, we're dating. God, yeah. And you just use that as the premise. I, I, you know, some lady said one thing about like, oh, at the stage, like there was like wrought iron beams behind me. She's like, it looks like a dungeon. I'm like, what kind of dungeon? And it was sex dungeon regular. It was like, oh, I'm just going to riff on the idea of what a dungeon could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so people get off like that's why people get off on improv i think is when it's good you know that they just came up with it and it was it's kind of it's kind of magical you know yeah now the best is when you're doing crowd work and somebody suggests something or, or it leads you down a path where you have material on that and then you do that bit, but you do it real off the cuff and nonchalant, nonchalant, as mm-hmm. if as if I just made this up. Now that's impressive. I've I've gotten huge laughs from that. We're like, oh y'all don't know. I'm glad you mentioned that because I've got a bit about that, and I'm going to do that bit right now. But I'm going to disguise it as if it's just off the top of my head. Well, and that's how people have conversation. Is like, oh, the thing you just said reminds me of a story that I have about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And that's just, yeah, you just got to have, you have a large enough catalog of stories or references. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, what'd you do? What what was your weekend? What'd you do? What did I do? Went to you Red just had Lion Peach yesterday. Cobbler, that was it? You just said Cobbler? <laughs> yeah, you went to Red Lion. You sent me a picture of that. I had some Peach Cobbler. I went to the Red Lion. Um, yeah, it was a good time, buddy. It's a good time. I miss that Red Lion. That is a magical place. <sighs> me too, buddy. God. Legendary Los Angeles bar, for those of you curious about it. What would you call it? German or Bavarian? What's What are they going for? Is that German? It's... <clears throat> Was opened, I believe, as an English pub, and then it went German. Yeah. Maybe they're just theme. Maybe it was the theme that if uh, Germany was successful in World War II, that that's Mm -hmm. how the that would play out. But yeah, there's some goofy history about the place, and maybe not all sunshine either about the German history of it. Yeah. I, yeah, there was some weird stories about like maybe the lady that owned the place walking around with like a Nazi pin for a while. Oh wow! And I don't know if she was like, ah, it's a German. I'm doing like a German thing. Like, hey, can you believe I'm doing this? And Bri's like, don't. It's not. That's a bad joke. <laughs> uh, get it? You know, we already get the thing that it's German. I'm having yeah. schnitzel right now. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love places like that <laughs> where they have food that you can't find on every corner. You know, I love a good. I go there for the potato pancakes and the sausage platter. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, it's good stuff. Good stuff, man. It's like a hauntingly windy up here right now. Oh really? Like tree branches and shit falling down and hail. It's way it's weird, man. Really? Sorry, I'm looking out the window right now. It's pretty gnarly out there. Hail is weird. <clears throat> keep little D, keep little D in the house. She'll blow away in this shit. Mm-hmm. Got to take care of them critters. Yeah. <clears throat> <sighs> But yeah, pretty uh, pretty uneventful week. I uh, I haven't mentioned this to you even off off mic, just because. Okay, a uh, surprise. Yeah, a little surprise because I wanted to uh, I wanted to reach a certain milestone, certain 
level of accomplishment before I started blabbing about it, but uh, haven't had a drink in five weeks. Really? Yeah. Just uh, now, yesterday I had, I've been on the non alcoholic beer and uh, finding some of those here and there. I had some of that with my, uh, with my uh, sausage platter. But yeah, five weeks, just uh, taking a break. I haven't quit drinking, but I'm, I'm taking a break. Just Yeah, just man. For the, um, and here's, I, I had an epiphany about five weeks ago. And this wasn't something I was really planning on. Um, but right before we moved, I was just sitting around and I just noticed that like, all right, I'm, I was, I was pounding drinks there for a while, just every night, just kind of a routine, you know, like, all right, I'm done with my day. Let's let's pull up Netflix and, and pour a bourbon and mm-hmm. coke. And uh, I don't know, man. I had an epiphany the uh, about five weeks ago. Just something spoke to me. It said, "Hey, dude, you're gonna die if you don't t- take a break." And <laughs> it really did speak to me. I don't I don't know what it was, yeah. but it just something internally was like, "Oh, I better listen to this internal voice." And I don't. And I know this is something that alcoholics say, but I truly don't think I had an alcohol problem. I had yeah. a had and continue to have a sugar problem. And here's the test. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but here's how I know that I didn't have an alcohol problem. And it, peach it cobbler's a, making was, sense now. It was a sugar problem because the biggest I, thing you did all weekend was have peach cobbler. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, now it's, the story checks out. I've cut way back on the beer, even before I stopped five weeks ago. Mm-hmm. I just cut way back on the beer. I'd probably, man, there were times ten years ago where I'd drink a six pack every night. You know, just yeah. whether it be when I was landscaping, you know, was just come home and that was like my reward for working hard all day. Or Did you get just, drunk off a six pack? Would you get like a buzz or anything? Not really. I think that's kind of why I gave it up because it was just pointless. It felt like empty calories because I would barely even, I would probably truly mm. have to drink about 10 to 12 beers for it to really be fun. But that's also way too many calories. And plus, even even if I'm not watching calories, that's just a lot to consume. Like I can't. Coors just, Light's a hundred calories a can. Yeah, I mean, you drink a twelve pack of that; it's twelve hundred calories. But man, um, Michelob Ultras are starting to make some sense, huh? Yeah, but yeah, I cut way back on the beer. But um, I like I like bourbon. But even with that, I don't. I mean, I'll drink it, but I don't care for bourbon on the rocks or bourbon neat. I always like a mixer, preferably like Coke. And I've tried the Diet Coke, but boy, oh, that's a... I don't like Diet Coke in general, but especially the way it mixes with whiskey or bourbon. Just such a weird aftertaste. So my point yeah. is, I was knocking back a lot of bourbon and Cokes, and, um, but the nights that I had bourbon but no mixer... I wouldn't drink. I wouldn't be tempted to drink. Like the idea of like oh, just having a bourbon on the rocks. I, I'll do that sometimes, but that's not <clears throat> okay. like it's not desirable for me. So the nights that I had a big old bottle of bourbon and no Coke, I wouldn't drink. But then, you know, then I get a hold of some some Coke to mix it with and I'm knocking them back. So that I don't know if I'm justifying my behavior, but truly in my mind, I was like, oh, so it's not the alcohol that I have a problem with. It's the sugar. And, uh, well, that shit's terrible for you too. The, the exactly coke yeah. alone. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So in the way I was doing it, it's like, oh, so I'm drinking two bad things in one glass. Um, but yeah, five weeks, no booze whatsoever. Uh, I've Good had for a, you, man. I've, I've had a few non-alcoholic beers, just you know, kind of the muscle memory, and like we've talked about before, like you, you don't like beer or liquor with you don't like beer with food. I love beer with food. 
So, like, you know, if I'm having some wings or pizza, you know, I'll, yeah. I'll grab a non-alcoholic beer. By the way, anybody trying to get on the non-alcoholic beer, Bitburger has a great non-alcoholic. It's, it tastes just like regular beer. Like, the rest of them are like, okay, this is kind of a substitute, but I can clearly tell that, you know, it's missing yeah. the alcohol. But the Bitburger tasted just wonderful. But anyway, I, my point. Yeah, I can't imagine consuming that with no <clears throat> reward. Yeah. <laughs> it does feel kind of silly. But, um, but yeah, man, just taking a break, taking a break from the booze, five weeks, nothing. And I'm trying to cut down on sugar too. Like I haven't had, uh, any regular soda. I've, I've been knocking back some diet sodas, but, um, yeah, no. Getting that no, LaCroix life, buddy. No sugar. Um, what am I trying to say? No, no liquid sugar. Haven't had any liquid sugar, but yeah, but I am starting to get that sweet tooth that, uh, people who've stopped drinking get, uh, you know, because I would get that missing all that sugar that I was naturally getting from the booze and the coke and whatnot. But uh, oh man, a, a Dairy Queen Blizzard! Oh, whew. it's good stuff. It's like a long. It was like a Long Island iced tea to me when I wasn't drinking. <laughs> yeah, I've turned got- that shit upside down in front of me. <laughs> what uh, what what flavor Blizzard you going for? What I'm just what where the where the wind takes me, buddy. Mm-hmm. I get in that line, and I'm like, ah, maybe it's a Heath bar kind of day. Ooh. For some underrated. reason, a blizzard makes all the candy bars only dads would eat sound enticing. Oh, I'd love a Heath bar. Oh, 100 wow. grand in a blizzard? You betcha. Yeah. Yeah, I was an Oreo blizzard guy. That's, that was my go-to. Oreo, peanut butter cup. Mm-hmm. Give me an M&M or something strange. It was a good candy bar, payday bar. Oh, see, that's so boring. No chocolate. To me. Yeah, what's the point? What other candy bar doesn't have up, chocolate? Man. Is that the only one that doesn't have any chocolate? Mm. We talked about the zero bar. That was weird, but I think that was some sort of white fudge or white chocolate. Was that like a diet bar? No. Oh, uh, Jenny I never Craig th- candy. Never thought of that, but no, I don't think so. Maybe the zero came from it didn't have any chocolate. I don't know. I like a payday bar because <clears throat> it's got that weird shit on the inside. Mm-hmm. I'll eat it's a got payday some bar. sort of weird nougat log. <laughs> to the, me, it feels like a granola the, bar. I do no, like a good granola bar. You're way off. We talked about You last like week. a granola bar? You don't like a payday bar? Dang. I like a chocolate granola bar. I like like the Quaker chocolate that's a, chip. Ca- that's candy. That's called candy, Dave. Yeah, that's why I like it. I like a granola bar that has marshmallows and chocolate and caramel on it. That's a Snicker bar, Dave. You like a Snicker bar that has almonds. Oh, man. <clears throat> the hell are we talking about this week? <laughs> Where did we go? I, was, I, I felt bad. I, 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 was, I, I was, uh, had a somber beginning to the episode. Oh, I'm sorry, right, everybody. You come out to one of these comedy clubs, I, I'm going to give the best show I can give to you in the confines of a shopping mall outdoor shopping mall in a rich suburb <laughs> do my best you're doing the lord's work buddy hey ha- happy to be working that's that's why like you you know you go through that mix of like i'm grateful that i'm doing what i get to do like what i want to do for a living but then you, so you feel bad kind of wanting more yeah you're like, why can't I be happy with this? Like, I can be happy, but I could also try to work to improve things without being ungrateful for what I already have. That's true. That's a good perspective. Trying to find that, trying to find that balance, you know. <laughs> 
Good for you, buddy. Uh, uh, today, sorry, I thought- this isn't the, this isn't the kind of podcast that's popular with people. We need to be angry that there's a trans lady on a swim team. Yeah, that's what we need to be. That's what we need to be mad about, Dave. Oh man, we didn't talk about we're this just, last week. We're open-minded thinkers. <laughs> Ivermectin works, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, one thing uh, I know we've all had an assful of the Will Smith Chris Rock thing, but one thing I've uh, haven't heard people talking about was if you look at that uh, incident, essentially that was a sucker punch. Because he walked mm-hmm. up on him, but like he didn't walk up like with aggressive body language per se. He walked up, and if you look at it at the very last second, then he throws that dumb little slap. And I just feel like that was kind of yeah. a chicken shit move. I think you know why it's not a sucker punch mm-hmm. because it's Will Smith. Mm-hmm. If 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 world famous actor celebrity Will Smith walked up to you. The last thing you'd think is that you're going to get hit in the face. Yeah. And I think Chris Rock mm. thought it was a bit because he kind of braced for it. Like, And Will Smith kind of had like a smile on his face while he was marching up there. So I think Chris Rock thought, okay, we're going to do a little bit where you pretend to hit me or choke me or something. Because his, basically his hands were behind his back and he kind of stuck his chin out there like, go ahead, take your best shot. But I, I don't think he was expecting an actual strike. But yeah, that, I thought that was a chicken shit move. It was uh, essentially a sucker punch. Because he kind of slid it in there at the last second, as opposed to like walking up there aggressive, like you know, hey, what the fuck did you say? Or you know, he's like, mm-hmm. I think he kind of baited Chris Rock into thinking they were doing a bit, and then he smacked him. But yeah, God, that seems like it was three months ago. It was one week ago. Yeah, it was a, it was a week. I got I got tired of hearing about it <clears throat> as soon as I heard it happen. I'm like, this is gonna be. Uh, I'd say, you know, when just something massive enough happens and you're already like, oof, I'm already sick of the jokes that I haven't even heard about this yet. Of course. Because you go over like, all right, here's the first tier mm-hmm. bits that are going to be made that everybody's going to jump on. Mm-hmm. Then here's the second tier bits of like a s- more skilled comedian will have. Uh, you know, then the third tier bits will be like the the better late night hosts will get their writers on it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I already don't want to hear any of these. Yeah. Oh, Dave, take us to Egypt. Let's go to Egypt, buddy. Let's go to Arizona. Let's go to the Grand Canyon. Okay. Would you believe I've driven Di- different place <laughs> cross country twenty four times, but I've never been to the Grand Canyon. It's never been on the really? Yeah. I've driven essentially coast to coast 24 different times. Never been to the Grand Canyon. It's a little out of the way if you are, if your destination, if you're not making a point to go to the Grand Canyon, it is out of the way. Yeah. You've been, right? Been a couple, two, three times. It is uh, outstanding. Have you, like, really explored it? Have you gone down in there or? Really uh, no, we did a little. We hiked down a little bit down one of the trails, but I never did the go down to the river kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is it's one of those locations that you'll look at it and you don't. It's hard to compute that you're seeing a real thing. Really, it's so expansive, mm-hmm. and you've seen it from pictures and TV, and it just it's hard to register. Mm-hmm. That that's a real thing before you. 
Yeah, I didn't realize exactly how big it was. It's apparently 18 miles wide, and it spans about 270, 275 miles long. That's crazy. That is, that's a big mm-hmm. hole. It's a big hole. Anyway, what I wanted to talk to, to talk to you about today, and I had never heard this legend or, or theory or tall tale, what have you, but uh, I, was, I ran across some articles that uh, there's a theory that there's a lost ancient city down inside the Grand Canyon. And okay. this uh, bizarre tale began when an article, a newspaper article, appeared on the front page of the Arizona Gazette back in April of 1909. Uh, it gave a spectacular account from two alleged Smithsonian-funded archaeologists, this guy named uh, Professor Jordan and this other dude named G.E. Kincaid. Uh, they claim to have found deep within the bowels of the earth in the Marble Canyon region of the Grand Canyon, a vast cavern system with evidence of some ancient lost civilizations. Now, that in and of itself is not too hard to believe that maybe some indigenous folks, Mm -hmm. you know, set up shop down in the bowels of the Grand Canyon because, like I said, it's so expansive. I'm sure there's just millions of nooks and crannies, caves and what have you, where people, ancient people could have resided. But uh, this story is pretty bizarre. Uh, these two guys, like I said, uh, Kincaid and Jordan, uh, they, were, they claimed to have been funded by the Smithsonian's Department of Anthropology, and uh, they claim they found an entrance to this uh, weird cavern system about 1,500 feet down the wall of a sheer cliff in a remote, undisclosed area. Uh, mm-hmm. The area was described as being nearly inaccessible and surrounded by desolate and dangerous wilderness. 1,500 feet down the wall of a sheer cliff. Like, okay. So, and I'll, I'll tell you more about what they found, but that right there, I, I've always been fascinated by like cave dwellers and <laughs> subterranean mm-hmm. type stuff. But like, let's say you did live... Let's say there was a civilization down in those caves. Uh, where did they get food and water if it's in such a remote area? 1,500 feet down the wall of a sheer cliff, uh, sheer cliff, rather. I've just... That just seems almost uninhabitable mm-hmm. to just live in a cave system like... <laughs> At some point, you're going to need to grow some food or catch some fish or get some sunlight. Yeah. So, Did, but yeah. Um, go ahead. Go, go ahead. Um, well, I've already... First page of the Google search on this story, Dave. <laughs> you're already debunking it right out of the gate? I, I'm not debunking it. <laughs> Many other people... Okay, and apparently they found some weird stuff uh, in these caves. Uh, They found a bunch of relics and artifacts, such as uh, weapons, uh, copper instruments, urns, vases, vases or vases. Mm -hmm. I never know which one to say. Um, All were taken as evidence. Um, Here's the thing, too. In in my research in this, a lot of... uh, A reoccurring fact is like, oh, some of these artifacts and stuff... Could be from ancient Egypt. I've read several different articles that talk about how this is mm-hmm. this is proof of 
of some Egyptian civil, but no one says what makes it, why they think it's Egyptian or how that would even be possible. How the fuck would the ancient Egyptians find their way to North America, specifically the Grand Canyon? So I don't know if I'm buying that. But uh, there were crypts. Uh, many places uh, were found. Um, they, they, well, this is all according to Kincaid and Jordan. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. First of all, they say that there was a, this area they found was big enough to house possibly 50,000 people. So that's insane to think about a civilization. of. I mean, that's a, that's a decent-sized town. I mean, that's a suburb, 50,000 people, just living in the walls of the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. But they found hieroglyphics uh, etched into the stone, uh, different stone tablets, um, Found all kind of like uh, valuables, or like I said, urns and vases and, and stuff like that. But they all keep coming back to, oh, does this mean that the Egyptians were here? But there's no further, at least I haven't found. And I read a few articles. I, I don't, I'm not going to pretend I've been studying this for a month, but uh, I've read several articles. But nobody explains why they think this means that these folks were Egyptian or that the. I guess maybe the type of hieroglyphics they found or the type of, you know tools or art or whatever they found they, they think maybe that was mm-hmm. from Egypt but that just seems pretty insane to me 50,000 um, people this Kincaid yeah. by the way he, he, he claimed he was uh, like I said working for or funded by the Smithsonian and uh he was traveling down the Colorado River, and then I don't know what caught his eye, but he said he saw some etchings off on, on this sheer cliff, and it made him get up there and explore. And found these caves. It, it ran in the paper uh, back in 1909. Um, these crypts, though, many places, uh, mysterious hieroglyphics etched into the stone. Uh, although it was unknown what purpose they served or what they said, perhaps the most fascinating and also macabre discovery made down there in the gloom was that they could only be described as some sort of crypt where allegedly found rows and rows of actual mummies stuffed into shelves carved into the stone walls. So not only did they claim they found crypts, they found rows and rows of mummies. And all this pertains to the bigger story of like, historical cover-ups, you know, much like UFOs and stuff. Like, what's what's the government's rationale or reasoning for not making this public or trying to cover it up? Well, I've been dabbling a little Mm -hmm. bit in in terms of, like, uh, false history. And I do... Well, you're dabbling. (laughs) I do appreciate the concept. Much like we talked about years ago, we're talking about the flat earth theory, and I'm not, I'm not pro-flat earth, but I'm saying, my point is like, well, we only know the things that we've been told or the, what we've read. So if dating back centuries, there's <clears throat> been, if there's been some sort of regulation in terms of public education or what gets published, then yeah, you're only going to know, you know, very little of what we claim to know is based off of firsthand experience. Most of everything well, I claim to know or yeah, have knowledge man. of is something I read or something I've been told. Yeah, that's how advancements work. Is people smarter than us have created things, and then other people, after those smart people die, other smart people take those advancements and add mm-hmm. them to new, newly acquired knowledge and move forward. <clears throat> Imagine waking up every day needing firsthand knowledge of everything you're going to do. 
Well, of course. Yeah, I'm, that's what I'm saying. We we don't act that way. That would be exhausting. Yeah, and I know that's the flatter the will would just because they told us who's who wins mm-hmm. if we've all been lied to about the Earth being round. Who who wins? Who mm-hmm. wins by duping the entire population of a flat pizza planet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good you know, question. That, I don't know. But I, so I mean, for that, something like this, yeah, this is like a. Uh, it's only one story. There's only been mm-hmm. one story about this to the Arizona Gazette in 1909. Yeah, there's no there's no artifacts that they took back with them. Uh, there's no proof of these people existing. Mm-hmm. There's just one article in the Arizona Gazette. Mm-hmm. That's it. But okay. That being said, I'm not. I'm not saying this is the deal with this story. But a story like this, when you're talking about a terrain or an area that is so inaccessible, I mean, what's more inaccessible oh, yeah. than the Grand Canyon? So there could, I'm not saying this is true, but th- it could be believable that something like this could possibly have been covered up or swept under the rug because who's going to know unless you're one of the handful Again, of people so, that have made it down there into these caverns. So, sorry to be the poo-pooer mm-hmm. of this kind of thing again, but okay, just show me some proof. Yeah. Just no, give I me understand. some proof. Mm-hmm. And I, I, but I am with you that there are many unexplored areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, the whole lost city of Z is an interesting mm-hmm. story about, you know, explorers going down to South America looking for the lost, this lost, uh, lost city of Z. But, uh, yeah. And it, hey, here, here's a, here's a silver lining on the, destruction of earth we'll mm-hmm. probably find these places soon we're gonna we're gonna get rid of so much <laughs> rainforest that i think we're gonna find one of these hidden c- c- cities mm-hmm. you know we're gonna we're gonna run we're gonna frack we're gonna frack enough to uh discover atlantis <laughs> it'll be fine yeah we're gonna get there we're gonna do yeah some offshore oil derricks is gonna drill through the glass shell of atlantis we're, we're, we will find these things based on our own consumption. So there you go. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe we'll put blast enough. I don't think the hole in the ozone is a problem anymore, is it? I haven't heard much about it lately. Yeah, me neither. Uh, this Kincaid guy, he, his theory is that... Um, the the actual documented indigenous people of this region, whoever the, those people may be, I forgot what tribe was supposed to inhabit that area. Um, he thinks those people may have descended from this civilization in question. And it made me think about this theory. I don't know if we've talked too much about this in the past. We may have touched on it, but the theory that uh, humans are not the original inhabitants of Earth that maybe aliens were here before humans. See, I can get down with stuff like that. I love that concept or that theory, but I'm wondering if that could be connected to this, because he thinks that uh, what we know is the original 
uh, indigenous people of this area. He thinks that they were descendant from this civilization. Could it be that this civilization we're talking about, could they have been aliens? And I know that almost every topic or question that we pose on this show could, could come back to, could they be aliens? But I've always loved that concept of uh, humans not being the original inhabitants of Earth. Yeah, well, <clears throat> that just goes to the, uh, like, okay, you know, the meteorite, meteor that got rid of the dinosaurs. And we, we you know, we can't document everything that was here back mm-hmm. in that day. Mm-hmm. I and mean, what if there was a, I, this is what I don't know, what kind of mammals were documented from the prehistoric age? I mean, there's woolly mammoths and mm-hmm. saber-toothed tigers, things like that. But were there, um, were there primates documented? from that era. Hmm. That's a good question. So not aliens, but something along the lines of a human. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't call them aliens. It's just some sort of early man type of mm-hmm. creature. I'm, I'm out of my depth entirely on just even speculating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I, yeah, maybe it's people that like oh they they develop things here and then got the fuck off Earth because they could they could time travel and they saw like that this is gonna go to shit pretty mm-hmm. soon. Mm-hmm. Now I don't, to, I don't know, man. To your point, there seems to be no record of this uh, Professor Kincaid or Professor Jordan within the Smithsonian's no. Department of Anthropology, uh, nor is there any paperwork concerning them or their supposed discoveries. Uh, the, Smithsonian itself, the Smithsonian itself has bluntly said in a statement to the World Explorers Club, and I'm quoting, Well, the first thing I can tell you before we go any further is that no Egyptian artifacts of any kind have ever been found in North or South America. Therefore, I can tell you that the Smithsonian Institution, Institute rather, has never been involved in any such excavations. Um, so the Smithsonian's gone on record denying any knowledge of this. But then that leads to the obvious question, are they covering something up? One of the more popular theories is that the Smithsonian itself is engaged in a cover-up of the findings, uh, destroying the evidence and the paper trail that leads to it in order to maintain the status quo and preserve the accepted historical paradigm. I love this, like, we got to maintain the status quo. Everything's a cover-up to maintain the status quo. It's never just... It's the status quo because this crazy shit never happened. It's mm-hmm. always like the crazy shit happened, but it would freak people out too much, man. Well, I mean, All we've right. talked about that in regards to disclosure. I believe that. I believe that the government's covering up some UFO shit for that exact reason. Like we talked about, like if, if it was a scientific fact that aliens from other planets exist, then that throws a wrench into a lot of the conventional human beliefs such as religion yeah so i mean i get your point of like it's an easy argument well they're just covering it up but i do believe that they that our government and other governments have and continue to cover up certain things and it's the thing it's you know once a liar always a liar and then Mm -hmm. if you if, if they lied about this thing then you have to distrust every single thing and that's the problem i have with well, they, you know, government lied about the Tuskegee experiments. Therefore, massive alien cover-up. No, I understand the distrust, but no. Mm-hmm. So, you know, lying because they're shitty to their own people. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> the government has to operate that mm-hmm. way. I mean, it doesn't have to, but governments are shitty. Mm-hmm. But using that to then engulf all all conspiracy theories mm-hmm. <clears throat> as being true or possibly true. Yeah. I don't I don't think you can do that, honestly. That this one guy, doesn't work for me. <laughs> this guy we've talked about before, David Icke, he's uh yeah. the the guy behind the reptilian conspiracy theory. Um yeah, he's, another. he's he's gone on record. Uh, what does it say about Ike believes that Kincaid's cave system not only exists, but is also reptilian central in his sensationalist uh, 1999 book, The The Biggest Secret. Ike writes, in 1909, a subterranean city which was built with the precision of the Great Pyramids was found by G.E. Kincaid near the Grand Canyon in Arizona. It was big enough to accommodate 50,000 people, and mummified bodies were found there of Oriental or possible Egyptian origin, uh, according to the expedition leader, uh, S.A. Jordan. Ike goes on to say, my own research suggests that it is from another dimension, the lower fourth dimension, that the reptilian control and manipulation is primarily orchestrated. So, David, what research? I, if there's only one story from one newspaper about this happening, what's this dude's research then? Great I question. I read it too. Great so, question. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing story to, to contemplate. Like, I'd love to think that whether they be human or alien, that there was uh, ancient civilizations yeah, living inside I the like Canyon. Indiana Jones too. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say, like, I mean, it's somewhat believable that that there could be a cave system inside the Grand Canyon that ancient people lived in. That part, no, that part, I will go with you that there's, I'm sure, unexplored areas that people inhabited it that, that we have not found yet. Mm-hmm. I don't think they were... Time travelers or portal travelers from Egypt that got to the Grand Canyon. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, but I'm sure. I'm sure there's places that. Oh, look! A family left a tribe and lived here by themselves until they mm-hmm. perished, and we have not found that place. Sure. Well, and this is such an interesting story too, in the juxtaposition of like hiding in plain sight, like a place that is so famous that that receives so many visitors every year. That could well, also be the location of a hidden lost civilization. That's I think, yeah, I think if, once, once you see the Grand Canyon, Dave, you'll realize it's not in plain sight. Yeah, it's a vast, a lot of sheer cliffs. <laughs> that's true. I mean, now I, the way they can map things with, you know, using lasers to determine distance and, and map things that way, maybe we'll start discovering more things. I think mm-hmm. that's how they, you know, like monitor the elevations and rainforests and everything, but like we might discover more stuff that way. And maybe that's how, if they did, I don't know if somebody has mapped out the grand Canyon that way, mm-hmm. they might find some caves or this and that, but plain sight is not what I would use to describe. Yeah. So it's the grand Canyon. <laughs> it's very large. Well, going back to the possible Egyptian connection, and we've never discussed this because it's just such a large topic that I wouldn't even know where to begin, but just the, the simple story of the uh, the pyramids, the Egyptian pyramids. Mm-hmm. Were, were they or were they not built by aliens? I've read articles that uh, talk about how it's racist 
to think that aliens helped build them because you're discrediting the indigenous people. Like, I don't know if that's racist. No, it's not like you're saying, well, the African people surely couldn't have done it. Maybe Europeans could have done it. And if you're making that argument, it's racist. But I'm looking at it from the concept of like any human, regardless of race, it just seems kind of unfathomable that they could build the pyramids at that age back then when apparently technology was very limited. Well, I think uh, the racism part is just ignoring the true horror of slave labor. True. Okay. Yeah. Of, uh, oh, maybe aliens did it. Now, maybe one group of people treated another group of people mm-hmm. so with such, you know, in such a despicable manner to get them to do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's kind of, let's not jump to aliens. Let's look at the horrors of humankind yeah. <laughs> throughout history. Yeah. I, the story I read was, it felt like it was coming from the angle of like, who says Africans or Egyptians? I guess back then, Egypt's in Africa, so you can just call them Africans. But uh, yeah. who, who says they couldn't build it? I was like, well, no one's saying it. Egyptians per se or Africans per se. It's just humans. It just seems like humans in general probably didn't have the technology or the wherewithal to construct such massive and seemingly perfect structures. But who knows? Like I said, that's such a huge topic that I wouldn't even know where to begin. But I would like to see that. That's some place I'd love to visit, though. That's two I need to get to two of the biggest I need to check out is Grand Canyon, but also the pyramids. I'd love to go check those out. 4,500 years ago, those were made. I mean, that's a good one. Pyramids are a good one. It, I mean, it does. Everybody thinks it's alien. Everybody's got a theory on it, something that's been there for that long. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you're at Stonehenge. How'd they get the rocks there? They fucking dragged them there. Yeah. You've been <laughs> for there, a right? a long period of time. You saw Stonehenge, didn't you? I saw Stonehenge, yeah. I didn't get any any vibes. No. That's in England? Where is that? Yep. Always get Stonehenge. It's weird that some of the some of the graffiti on Stonehenge was like soldiers during World War II like carved their name into it. Hmm. And so as much as that was graffiti, it's like, oh, that's history on top of history. Yeah. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Um, per usual, you know, we're only scratching the surface of this story. But, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I would have to kind of lean towards you in terms of maybe this is bullshit simply by the fact that there's really only one story. <laughs> only only two like, people I mean, are I, reporting this. Yeah, lost civilization, sure. Mm-hmm. They can be out there. We can get into more of them. Mm-hmm. This one, I had heard about it in the past, and this is the one like, oh, yeah, one story in one newspaper from 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah, they're probably just trying to sell newspapers. How would you live so. in a cave system, though? That does... That seems like talk about seasonal depression. Just living in a cave. <laughs> who gets who gets timed by the hole in the cave for the sun today? <laughs> well, what do they do for but, food? But that's that's what I'm saying. You you are. It's almost like you're coming to the conclusion this is bullshit all on your own, Dave. And I, <laughs> I, I I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm growing. <clears throat> 
We've got to ask these questions. Sometimes you can't be told the answers. You have to ask the questions first. That's true. That's true. Well, I'll make my way over there eventually, and I'll get to the bottom of it in person. I'll find this fucking cave. You get you go dangle off the side. Mm-hmm. I'll get you some some repelling gear. <laughs> Dave's over there. Dave's all fucking dangling off, dangling off the side. You know, looking for lost civilizations and such. You ever done any rock climbing? Nah. Crazy. That's a big thing now for exercises. People go to rock climbing gyms. Mm -hmm. Not now. It's been around for many years. Um, It's supposed to be a fantastic workout. You know, you're using all your bits and pieces. Yeah, those those folks who do that, that's that's impressive. I I tried it a couple times way back when I was actually in good shape, and I still could barely do anything. I don't know how people do that shit. Yeah, it's like a that's like gymnastics at that point. It's like, oh, that's this is for athletes. This isn't for recreational. Yeah, let me get in shape. <laughs> oh boy, hey, I got a comic of the week this week. Um, I love very, a comic of the week. Very funny dude out of Denver. I've uh, done several shows with this guy. Always made me laugh. John Novasad, also oh known as, yeah, also also known as Hippie Man. Um, yes. He's got a new album out. John Novasad, N O V O S A D, Novasad. Uh, jokes I can only tell here. And uh, he's a unique. I love funny John Novasad. Yeah, good dude, funny dude, original mm-hmm. jokes, original perspective. Um, yeah. Just easy to listen to. Easy. I listened to his album, just an easy listen, just t- loaded with jokes. So uh, if you guys don't know John Novasad, check out Jokes I Can Only Tell Here. Came out last month, uh, wherever you get your comedy. Check him out. Yeah. One of He's Denver's a bit of a Den- Denver legend, although I think technically he lives in Boulder, but it's like a legend out that way. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, a, and a great dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really nice dude. So check out John Novasad. Jokes I can only t- tell here. Uh, anything to plug, buddy? Where are you at this week? What uh, what suburb? You oh be man, at? Uh, uh, nine day difference from this past weekend. Doing helium right here in Portland, Oregon. Oh wow! Hop skipping away. Already added a Sunday show. Nice. People coming out. Good club. Always, always fun. I just hang out there. About mm-hmm. man, about once a week, once every other week, I get in to hang out there. And I'm just doing a whole weekend there. It's going to be fun. I'm going to be having uh, folks uh, that I've met through the local scene coming out. Uh, and I'm just, I'm just really looking forward to it. I awesome. was going to do my special there. It didn't work out that way. But everything's – the set is pretty much up and running. I got about two different hours that I'm switching between. Nice. And so this weekend I'm trying to – I'm going to have a little camera. I'm not taping a special, but I'm going to have a local fellow here that does tape sets he's going to be there with two cameras so i'm going to get some like the stuff that's not going to be on the special i want to get that out this weekend cool and get that you know get that to just to have and maybe it comes out as its own thing somewhere but looking forward to it man portland always fun fun that i live here fun that it's down the street and the club's just awesome to begin with so yeah i had a blast there i was there in october first time yeah yeah i missed you i was out of town i was it was an absolute blast. Great club, great mm-hmm. staff, great crowds. You'll have fun. Yeah, buddy. they're my pals. Hell yeah, buddy. 
I will be you, uh, next week. I go out for a little jaunt through the Midwest. Uh, next week, you can catch me in Indianapolis at Helium. Catch me in Milwaukee at the Laughing Tap and Chicago. Uh, originally, was scheduled for at North Bar. Uh, unfortunately, North Bar has since gone under. I've been talking to uh, oh, sh- the owner, Jim. Oh. Really solid dude, Jim Weber. I've uh, I've done shows there probably the last five years I've been going back to North Bar. Great dude, great club. Uh, apparently his business partners kind of sold it out from under him. It was all news to him. Uh, but thanks to Jim, he has scrambled and found me another venue. So that uh, the same, the tickets will be honored. Uh, everything's the same except the time has changed. Originally it was 8 o'clock at North Bar. Now it's 7 o'clock at Reggie's. And I hear that's a cool spot. I've never been there. You know all Reggie's Rock Club? Yeah, Reggie's Rock Club. That's where I'll be. I know Reggie's. I heard it's good. Yeah, I know Reggie's. I've been on there a few times. Right on. So, yeah, if you've already bought tickets, uh, those tickets will be honored. Uh, If you haven't, uh, the new link with the new uh, venue is up at my site, dumbdavestone.com. But, yeah, so uh, next week, Indianapolis, Milwaukee, Chicago. Then the week after that, I'll be in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio. Uh, (laughs) People on the Reddit are having a real... Hell of a time with the way we've both pronounced. Yeah, I don't know if Kaya, I'm pronouncing that Kaya right. Cuyahoga. Cuyahoga? 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 My apologies. Olds. I know how annoying that can be when outsiders mispronounce <laughs> your town. Uh, back in Atlanta, you could always tell the new uh, weather guy on the news because he would say it's raining in Dallanaga. It's uh, actually pronounced Dahlonega. It's a little mountain town in North Georgia. But we always got a kick when the new guy pronounced it Dallanaga. But yeah, I don't know how to I don't know how to pronounce that. So however I'm mispronouncing that, please feel free to correct me. I'll also be in Hilliard, Ohio on the twenty second and Cincinnati, Ohio on the twenty third of April. So grab them tickets at dumbdavestone.com. Fuck you. Yeah. Hell yeah, dog. Also, uh Patreon. Patreon.com slash boogie monster. If you're not a patron already, four bucks a month. You get uh, the bonus Q&A every month, and then I do either Dave's Record Room or Dave's Kitchen, whatever I feel like doing that month. Um, talk about what you know. So I, I can talk about Cobbler. I can talk about country music. Whatever I like that. Into. You got the two different, I, you know, it's a, it's, it's a comforting it's a comforting little world you, 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 put, you share with people. That's, that's right, man. Have a good time. I might uh, broaden that out. I've, I've actually broadened it a little bit recently into Dave's uh, sports talk. Sometimes we talk sports. But I might do uh, like Dave's movie room. I've been watching a lot of movies lately, and uh, most of them are terrible. Uh, I've noticed a trend. <laughs> I, Katie and I have been watching a lot of movies, and we couldn't figure out why so many of them are just just a lot of the new ones like on Netflix stuff are just really boring and and one thing that I've noticed is I think we're seeing a whole crop of movies coming out now that were shot during COVID and and you can, oh, so. you can tell the COVID movies because it's all they're all at one location like oh we just rented out this farm and we're going to make a movie about this farm or what I watched a terrible movie yeah. the other night called Windfall uh, it's got some actors okay. that I like, Jesse Plemons, or who Katie yeah, and I okay. refer to as Fat Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> fat's a little chubby, Matt Damon. He's, he's I'd, I'd love to have no, his get physique. I get uh, it. <laughs> Jason Segel, <laughs> he's in it. Uh, it. Seemed like a good movie, but just oh, just so boring. It just went nowhere. And again, this whole movie is filmed <sighs> in this one location, so it had to be a COVID movie. But we've seen a lot of movies lately that are just phoned in, just. Like, here's something to look at for 90 minutes. Okay. Well, you remember, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 60%, so. 
It could have been good. I mean, the acting's good. I like Jesse Plemons. He's great. I don't know who the, the lady, his wife or girlfriend and that was, but she was good. But just just kind of a boring story that didn't really go anywhere. Well, it and the other thing, too, some of these movies I'm talking about, just... The, I mean, granted, I'm not a film buff. I'm not a screenwriter. But, like, can we have some sort of conclusion? That was my... Oh, I rewatched Licorice Pizza, by the way. I thought, all right, let me give it another shot. Hated it just as much as I did the first time. Just whole hey, good bunch for of you for You know, good for you for trying it again. Yeah, I thought, what the hell? Maybe I was in a bad mood that day, whatever. And I'm not trying to hate. I, I like some of Paul Thomas Anderson stuff, but... Uh, Boy, that was just a whole bunch of nothing. Just we're just going to bounce bounce around from storyline to storyline, and none of it fucking goes anywhere. And uh, oops, we got to go. We're going to end the movie now. You fucking figure it out. All right. <sighs> uh, I haven't seen that. I've been watching Severance. Oh, I just started that based on your recommendation. I enjoyed that first episode, even though I'm some, not a huge Adam weirdness. Scott fan. I mean, he just, somebody tweeted, Adam Scott is the Michael Sarah of Paul Rudd's. And I don't know exactly what that means, but it's funny. <laughs> I like him well enough. I mean, he's fine. I don't have anything against him, but he just, every time he pops up in something, it's just, okay, there's that guy again. But no, uh, I, I like the, uh, I like what I've seen. Oh, there's that guy again. <laughs> Why not? Put him in something else. But uh, yeah, that show's pretty good so far. How far are you into that one? Uh, only about three or four episodes. Okay. Might sit down and take in some of that now. I uh, talked about this on the Stonebergs. I don't know if I told you about this, but I also watched a show with uh, Bridget Everett, which was really good, uh, called Somebody Somewhere. Like nine or ten oh, episodes. Oh, Rachel was watching that. Yeah, I didn't Solid. see that. But Just she's, kind of a, she's always going to be good. Yeah, kind of a slice of life. Um, you know, not... The story's not incredibly dynamic, but just a good slice of life, and she's great. And uh, Whoever her co-star is, the fella, people who've seen the show know who I'm talking about, the gay fella, that guy's hilarious. I don't know who the actor's name is, but uh, really funny character, really funny actor, that guy, whoever he is. But yeah, anything Bridget Everett's in, I'm going to take a look at. I'm going to look up him on the... You ever had to follow her? I did a festival with her one time, and I had to follow her, and it was just like, uh... Can I just tap out? Can we all just go home now? Because I can't follow that. Oh, I can't imagine. Just a beast. Being in that position. Jesus. Never felt so helpless. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You know what? I don't think I've seen a full set of hers. I've seen like clips and I know it's Mm -hmm. like this body. Yeah. Lewd. Uh, you know, song and dance kind of thing. And like the bits I've seen are great. I've I've hung out with her. But she's just... Such a mellow person to hang out with, too. Yeah. It's, it's fun when somebody's like, oh, your act is this craziness. And then as a person, you're just a sweetheart. That's mm-hmm. good to just sit and chit-chat. And yep. Yeah, like the whole, world, the whole world is not a stage. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, thank God for those who know how to turn it off, unlike some comedians. <clears throat> curtains. Curtains for anybody who thinks the whole world's a stage. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, what do you say, buddy? I got to plop this thing in its ass. Might as well. Might as well, buddy. Um, I right wish on, I was man. funnier on this one. I That's wish I was right. funnier. I give myself I give myself a five out of ten. Ah, you were fine, buddy. You're selling yourself short. Should have been more humorous. <laughs> All right, man. All right, man. 
have fun. Uh, I was going to say on the road, but have fun at home this weekend. Yeah, man. Home turf advantage. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you next week. See ya. The Boogie Monster. Network.